Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician and composer. Each season of Dissect dives deep into a single album, forensically dissecting the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. Our newest season is covering Tyler the Creator's Igor, a beautifully honest album in which Tyler explores love, communication, masculinity, and truth. Listen to Dissect today only on Spotify, because great art deserves more than a swipe. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? Bigger moment in wrestling history. Sami Zayn and Jey Uso hugging or Hogan slamming Andre? Oh, 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 man. I don't want to be a, a prisoner of the moment or have any recency <laughs> bias right now. But only one of those moments made me cry. So, <laughs> wow. Definitely, wow. Definitely wasn't a, I didn't cry. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm not, but, let's not dwell on it. Let's just start the show. Let's go. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to listening to And you are listening to the listening. And you're listening. You're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Monday Morning Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh could be doing better. Rest in peace, my good friend, Hovain Hilton, man. Legend. Loved. Loved that man. Loved that man. Loved that man. Brooklyn, we lost a good one. But other than that, man, doing all right. Doing okay. Well, uh, we're here on Mondays. We're going to be here every Monday going forward. Welcome to the new Ring of Wrestling show. We're going to be on Thursdays as well. We're going to be mm. doing a whole new thing Doubling here. up. Doubling and up. And here, uh, as uh, I think might be usual, to talk about his matches of the week, but also, more importantly now, to break down the Survivor Series 2022, our good friend Phil Schneider. How you doing, Phil? Phil, what up, doing, boy? Doing good, doing good. Happy to be here with you guys, as always. Uh, my daughter has got a new thing where she decides to wake up at 2.30 in the morning and scream and not go to sleep for two hours. So that's been awesome. So nice. I'm going to be uh, drinking Diet Coke, <laughs> Elon Musk style, to try to get myself a little energy and fired up. <laughs> oh, I'll no. Let it, let's end it there. <laughs> let's talk Survivor Series. The big Survivor Series show was on Saturday. Um, yes. Uh, we're, this is your official recap and yes. review. Well, it was a really good show. I was saying to Brian before we came on the air, producer Brian Waters, that, that it was a little, I think the overall vibe was a little bit more lo fi 
than I thought, than maybe I had anticipated, but it's not a bad thing. It was a really, really good, it was a solid, solid show. And I think measured against just about everything else that WWE's done this year, that moment at the end, the, the, the post-match celebration by the Bloodline was about as high an emotional high um, as you could uh, imagine WWE pulling off. Every week, I feel like we come on here and we say, is there any way WWE could have seen this Sami Zayn thing coming? Is there any way this could have, like the plan could have, they could have possibly expected it to be this big, this over? Watching that reaction, feeling that reaction at the end of the match on Saturday, I mean, I don't know if you can ever predict that sort of thing. That was magic. What did you think, Kaz? Dave, I've been I've been sitting with this thought for the past 72 hours, 72 hours now. Mm-hmm. And I was just I was going back and forth on whether I want to put this on the record or not, just in case I I I feel very stupid much later on in life. But I'm just gonna go on and say it. The Rock can only ruin this storyline at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good this storyline has been, yo. The payoff, the the setup, like we've all just been penciling in, okay, eventually we're going to get Rock Roman and that's the story we're all really building towards, right? Like, obviously, you know, who's the real head of the table, who's the real tribal chief, all this type of stuff. But a funny thing has now happened on the way to this dream Hollywood WrestleMania match that we've all been sort of, like, waiting for. This little... Canadian luchador <laughs> that, that we have loved for over a decade now uh, has become, if not the second, the, the top, one of the top names in all of professional wrestling by sheer, and not, not even, don't even count what he's done with this Bloodline storyline, which has been absolutely phenomenal, right? He made a Johnny Knoxville comedy match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania last year a one-of-one classic that you can show anytime, anywhere, and people will be like, that was so goddamn entertaining, right? In in retrospect, was I mean, that might have been my favorite match of that whole card. It might have been. It's the match I still go back and watch and be like, I can't believe they did this. This is so stupid, but so great, right? And now he's taking his turn, this real dramatic turn on family and loyalty and brotherhood, and what it means to really be loyal to somebody. And now the Kevin Owens component has been added to this mix. And after Survivor Series, after what happened, and after that reaction to the hug, I'm I'm sitting there looking like, okay, they just bought at least four to five more months of this storyline being extremely juicy. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I have now worked myself up to the point where this title run that Roman Reigns is on, this run that the bloodline is on, it's never going to be duplicated again. And one of the most important decisions that they're going to have to make, the WWE, and pretty much like the entire fate of what professional wrestling is going to be for the next couple of years, is going to rely on who either ends this reign or like what comes after it. And the more I think about it, and the more I think about The Rock possibly being involved and being shoehorned, and this is something that's been so perfect, mm-hmm. knowing that he, he simply does not have the time to either 
continue to make this a good thing or be there right. afterwards or beat him for the title or do anything. I don't know. I could be I could be made a fool of later in life if they have an incredible idea for The Rock if he comes in. But I'm I'm starting to believe myself that Sammy might have to be the guy. <laughs> like Sammy might have to be the guy at WrestleMania in Hollywood holding up those two titles. Yeah. Like I, Sammy I, like Kevin is working his way into it. The Rock, as as much as I want to see Rock Roman, and I'm sure we can still do it one day, this storyline has become so good that the biggest star in wrestling history <laughs> could only bring it down a notch if it's he's, crazy. If he's it, tossed it, into it. it, it I, I would have sounded nuts saying this months ago, it is, but I truly I, believe this now. Well, I'm going to really quickly, we'll circle back to the future ramifications because there's already rumors out there about where this, you know, with, with the with the pay-per-view main events we have looking forward to. Before we do that, I want to just talk about the match just a little bit. We talked about the, you know, the post-match moment in terms of bell to bell. And I know that War Games has specific rules in which the match doesn't truly start until all 10 people are in the ring. How, uh, setting that rule aside, Phil, what was the, what was the, or, or, or the highlight or highlights of the men's war game match for you? I mean, obviously, the, the match was the story, right? Mm -hmm. The match was the story between Jay and, and Sammy and, and Sammy and Rome. I mean, actual in-ring work, I thought it was okay. I, I, I liked Butch a lot. I thought mm -hmm. Butch was really fun. I thought he was... He's perfect I, I, for this sort of match, Perfect too. for this sort of the match. I think, you know, the thing about that makes, you know, the brutality of war games, the great war games, you know, the things you remember is somebody getting their face mushed against a cage like a cabbage on a cabbage and you're not going to have that you know that's not that's not going to be part of a, a a war games match in wwe in 2022 so the idea of butch sort of representing that by being the guy who's going to take somebody's fingers and twist them and break them and maul them he kind of added that sort of ugly violence to it mm -hmm. in a way that i didn't think really was super present in either in that this match or the other match that much outside of that Agreed. Uh, so like that. I thought solo Sokoa was really, was really great in this. I love, I, I wrote about this a little in my column, but I like that. He's bringing back a scary Samoan. Yeah. Like we've had cool Samoans, like the, yeah. like the Osos and the he's a throwback. and yeah. the rock. Those guys are cool, really cool, charismatic. He's a savage, man. Samoan. But yeah. Solo Sokoa is like, he's Haku, man. That guy, the guy is going to look at you wrong and rip out your lower bicuspids in a bar fight. Like, <laughs> like you know, and so I'm happy that he's got to bring that back. I, yeah. You know, it's tough. The, the thing about war games is they're always really long, right? This one I think was even a little longer because the, Sometimes you have 90 second intervals and this had two minute intervals. Yeah. And the thing that sort of works usually stylistically in a war games match to fill the time from the first two guys in to the last guys in and they start the end of the match is usually having these series of hot tags. Like you would have in a tag match, right? Yeah. Where you have the baby faces are, are down and they're getting beat on. And then here comes. Ding. To come in and yeah. clear the ring. Here comes Dusty to come in at Road Warrior Hawk or whoever it is. Uh, and because of the structure of this match, because the baby faces had the advantage, but are they even no. really baby faces? Because the crowd really just wants to see the bloodline in there, exactly. but it's not like they hate the brawling brutes or anything like that. You didn't really have that ability to every three minutes have this sort of, you know, high high spot moment of a guy coming in and clearing the ring. So I thought the middle of it was a little aimless. 
It was. I, I think that I think that it, all that goes to the sort of bigger point, which is the match was about the story, right? Because right. I mean, it's not obviously if, if we if we have war games matches every year going forward, they're not going to be hidebound to the idea that the that the heels get the advantage. But it was telling that the baby faces had the advantage in this one, and structurally, it seemed to be solely for the spot where Roman sent Sammy into the ring. Right, like yeah. like that, like that storytelling moment took precedence over like the rest of the match building, sort of, and 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 built and and managed to build the match on it in its own way. I mean, that that was what we cared about. It was interesting to me. I agree with you about Butch. Uh, it was interesting to me how, um, you know, kind of plug and pl- well, plug and play is not even the right word. How just sort of functionary almost all of the baby faces in the match were with the exception of Kevin Owens and Butch because he, by, by dint of basically starting the match, you know, we, we, we spent a whole lot of time talking about who was going to take on the bloodline in this epic war games match. And at the end of the day, I mean, these guys all gave a hundred percent and it was a, a fun match thanks to all their contributions, but character wise, it didn't end up mattering a whole lot. You know, like we, I went in saying this is the big, I'm sure we're going to get to see Seamus Roman down the road because of this. Well, I'm not sure about that anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre kind of, you know, when he, his walk to the ring was one of my favorite moments of the match because he just looks like such a terror, you know, and, and it seemed, but like, you know, go at leaving the match. We're not more excited about him than we were when he, you know, then coming in. Um, I thought it was a really fun match, man. I thought it was very, I thought the the women's match, and we can talk a little bit about it in a second, but the, the, the women's match in some ways checked the boxes for sort of the old school war games, like highs in, in, a, in a, more effectively than the men's match. I thought the men's match was really, really good. And at the end of the day, it was about, it was about Sami Zayn. I mean, yeah. that's what's yeah. so wild about it. And yeah. <laughs> you're going to remember the moment. You're going to remember the hug. You're going to remember all that setup. You're not going to remember Drew McIntyre at all. Well, and that's fine. You know, like, I mean, you know, it's, it, 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 they really pulled off. They really pulled off what they were trying to pull off. Mm-hmm. Right. And that isn't necessarily the bell to bell match. Which I think cool. what made the match so, so unique was there was so much said without words or actions, right? Like mm-hmm. there was so many uncomfortable pauses. There was so many silent community, so much silent communication between Roman's faces and Jay's faces and, mm-hmm. and, and Sammy's face. It's true. This match was all about, you know, several months ago or years ago when Heyman was on this show and Roman was talking about, uh, they're making filet mignon. They're making movies on, mm-hmm. on, on SmackDown. This isn't fast food. You're going to have to let it kind of marinate to really get what we're trying to do. This was all Roman Reigns in, in his full-on mob, bo- mob boss character that he's, you know, a- a- acquired since being named the head of the table, right? Like, the way he kind of game-planned sen- sending Jay out first, sending well, sending Sammy out first, well, Sammy going out there first, then sending Jay out there, then, you the other know... The way around, Jay, then Sammy. Yeah, Jay was out, and then, and, and then, and then Sammy... And then uh, just the way that whole story was so beautifully told, even in the backstage segments when, like, you know, Heyman is just kind of, like, back there. And what they kept drilling through the entire program was that given every competitor in War Games and their War Games experience in NXT, the person who had the absolute most War Games experience 
was the wise man, Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. And the way he just kind of sat back the entire show, not really saying much, just holding the title, just ma- just telling a complete story with his face. You know what I mean? And and the and the words that he used and the actions that he used. We're not gonna that's when pro wrestling is done at its best, man. Like I love moves. I love, you know, great string along of offense and 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 physical storytelling and all that type of stuff. I love it. But what makes pro wrestling so good and when it's at its best is when you don't remember any of that. Yeah. You only remember the story that's being told in front of you. I said it before and I'll say it again. There's nobody better at like facials during the match than Paul Heyman. The way that you, so to be able to stand at ringside and to stay more engaged than anybody in the match or watching the match or anything else, just completely in character 100%. And those backstage segments, man, yeah. he was like, he was hanging out in the background like a, like a like a Halloween decoration, like yeah. a, like a, like a, like a ghoul that's hung on the wall. You're not quite sure if he's actually there, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "Yes, my tribal king," you know, just yes. like leaning in like a Game of Thrones character, or whatever. Like it's it's crazy, and just Roman sitting in the chair through the match when he was in the cage was just so effective and evocative. I don't know. It, it I mean, was, honestly, the two maybe the two, two coolest War Games things in the match were Roman sitting in a chair where everybody else was standing, and then Rhea Ripley doing chin ups. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that yeah. Might, 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 they might both be shark cage moments. The most memorable memorable things in, in the uh in the war games. Uh you feel well, like you feel like they only did that mess just to get these cool ass visuals yeah. of like bloodline and the brawling brutes on the opposite rings above the ring, the slow walk or the slow cage opening up for Roman Reigns, the final boss and bison sort of strut to the fucking ring. Like everything was just Staring him down. Yeah. In the cage, he's just in front of the Bolly Brutes cage, mean mugging them. Back. Dog, and and you, and you mentioned it. This match was all about Sami Zayn. From the moment the Bloodline, the Roman Reigns music hits, and everybody is doing the cool ass Roman Reigns slow walk to the ring. The thing that stands out the most is fucking Sami Zayn fucking pumped, like ready to like, yo, I'm about to show these guys that I'm bloodline to the fucking death. I just looked this man dead in his face mm-hmm. and told him like, listen, I am 1 million percent down for the cause and I'm about to show you. And yeah. as soon as Roman got into the ring, as soon as he got a little beat or whatever, and I think Butch got at him or whatever, uh, Butch broke up a pin uh, on uh, a spear that he hit on Sheamus. Sami Zayn made sure he beat the shit out of Butch in front of Roman, talked to him, was like, yo, this is the tribal chief. Do you know who you're messing with? Like, he was almost emboldened. Like, he was acting like how Jay used to act like, yep. right? Like, he was much more of a, of a hype man for Roman than Jay ever was. And when the moment of truth came for him to either t- to not just take the bullet for the team, but make the deciding fucking moment and being like, yo, you don't believe that, like, I'm down for the cause, I'm down for the family. I will shoot my own brother. I will kick my own yeah. brother's face off for the for the for the fucking now, for the cause. You know what I mean? And Owens and Zayn will have, you know, can play the hits because they have hits, right? Like they yes. can they can do stuff. They they can they can, you know, evoke previous matches because they've earned it. But yes. man, Talking about writing a story, there is no better song to have on your set list to close the night than the halluva kick into grabbing Kevin Owens' head as he as he's going down and just sort mm-hmm. of like kissing him goodnight, right? Yeah. I mean, it is it is such a great visual and such a great storytelling device. It's cool, like I said, that it evokes the past, but it's also just on its own 
play that song over and over again. It mm-hmm. works. So it always gets the crowd going and it, and it like, it, it deserves it. Let's and, talk and about Sammy doing it too. Right. In the yeah. sense that the, the, if you go back to their relationship, you know, going back to the start of it, right. It's Kevin that always, mm-hmm. Kevin's you know, always, always been the vicious one. Kevin's always Kevin's been the, the cold one hearted always, one. <laughs> when it's time to cut the cord, yeah. he, the guy he's the one going, that does it. He's the one that does it going back to like, you know, their their early days in Montreal biker bars, right? And so the fact that it's Sammy this time going, no, I, it's going to be me today, not you. And these guys, these guys aren't going to turn on me, which is interesting because you talked about, uh, 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 Kaz, you talked about it having to be Sammy at, at Mania. But in some ways, it's like, how does, how do you even get there from here now? This is, well, he proved himself, right? Like maybe, now it's like, maybe you just have them be together as a force now for a while, rather mm-hmm. than necessarily, everybody's always talking about how do we end this? Where, where does this go? Who turns You're on? You're absolutely right. I'm glad that you said that because a lot of the conversation about Roman Reigns that Kaz alluded to earlier up till now has been the sort of like stations of the cross. Like we feel obligated to have this conversation about who will end the reign. How long can Roman be champion? Now that Roman's on a different work schedule, how long could he possibly hold, should he be holding both belts? Like, oh, course, sort of. Uh, uh, a, a, a conversation people aren't necessarily having, but we're going to start to have very soon. Roman Reigns contract situation. Oh, yeah. What's that going to look like but, after but, WrestleMania? But, like? but I think what's important, what's what's significant now is that we're not talking about this sort of, we're not having obligatory conversations. We're having yes. this really urgent conversation suddenly of like, like Cody Rhodes was the most over baby face in wrestling when he got hurt. He might get booed if he wins the Royal Rumble. Like that <laughs> that's the play. That's where we are right now. And by the way, that's a bad problem. I mean, that, that's been a problem that WWE's faced in the past. I'm excited to see how new look WWE wrestles, no pun intended, with an issue like that, because it's it doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? You can no. you can find a way to make it work. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So here we go. Uh, Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, according to uh, internet rumor that the the current plan, we don't know exactly what Roman's WrestleMania dance card is going to look like. Although there are constant, there have constantly been uh, hints at Cody Rhodes winning the Royal Rumble. Also, obviously, The Rock coming back, as you talked about before, is a is a going concern. But it, but the rumor coming out since since uh, Survivor Series has been that one. The plan now is for Sami Zayn to fight to face Roman Reigns for the title at the Elimination Chamber in Montreal, in Montreal. Quebec, Canada. Yep. And then secondary to that, that we might be looking at. I think I think I fantasy booked this last week. We might be looking at Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos for the tag titles at WrestleMania. So obviously that's a 
you know, that's that is a notch below Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns on night two of WrestleMania for, for the title. But and cards are always subject to change. They Dave. are. They like, are. But are. But are Montreal cards subject to subject to removing your biggest uh, your your biggest Canadian export from the top Co- of the. Kofi Mania started at Elimination Chamber. He was not scheduled to win the World Championship going into that WrestleMania. Sami Zayn was not supposed to... He's not supposed to be here. He is not supposed to be leading Mm -hmm. off our Survivor Series coverage going into the meat of the wrestling calendar, which is about a month away, starting with the Royal Rumble, right? Like, he wasn't supposed to be here. Who's to say... From now until we get to Montreal, where we probably assume Sammy is either going to lose or, you know, put up a hell of an effort in his home court, in his home, you know, in his home city, that they don't say, you know what? We got to put this guy in the main event. We got to figure, we got to turn this into a triple threat. We've got to figure out what this guy is so over. He has told such an amazing story. And if there's any way, and again, One thing we need to really keep in mind for all this stuff, this is going to be the first post-Vince WrestleMania of our lifetime, Mm -hmm. right? If there is any moment, and the reason why this is so important is because as great of a run as this bloodline Roman Reigns story has been, the inevitable come down from that is so important because Roman is not going to be doing this this time next year. I could almost guarantee you that. Like, the man's going to need some time off. If he loses this title, it's not like he's going to be on Raw the next night, right? Like, you could almost guarantee he's going to be gone for a minute. So the person, the decision of who not just defends, I mean, wins the title at WrestleMania, but basically has to carry the show going forward for the next several months until it's time for a big Roman Reigns payday. It's so important that it now is. you got to start really contemplating. Do you, is the person that can carry the show already on your roster? Is he already on TV? Do you trust him this much with everything that you've given him in the past year to be like, we can give you the ball for at least the next six months and know yeah. you can run with it? Who knows if Sami Zayn's that guy? I don't think it's Cody Rhodes. Mm. I saw what Cody Rhodes with the ball looked like. Mm. That was mm. him Him in an American flag uh, yeah. jacket cutting some weird thing on a British Olympic boxer. I, I mean, I, I think I'm lower on Cody Rhodes than you guys, but I, I just don't. Well, I think that the reaction that he, I, the, I think the Cody story is worth being told, right? Like, I think, you know. Yeah. And, and the, the, and the reaction the, that he got when he was when he made his WWE return was undeniable. I mean, he was working immediately on a much higher level than he was working in AEW. I think there's a small part of me. There's two things here, right? This is just my opinion. I think people really underestimate how close Roman Reigns and Triple H are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Triple H puts nobody over. And he put Roman Reigns over, right, at WrestleMania, right? He was one of his original NXT guys. Like, he might be more of a Roman Reigns guy than Vince was, if we really break it down. If you think about the Shield, if we think about the way that this dude has literally never been lower than the top of the card ever since he came in, right? Then you got Cody Rhodes, who we all kind of see if he doesn't win the Royal Rumble and isn't in the main event. And you have that family story and, you know, the Rhodes and the bloodline Mm -hmm. and who's all this like that all makes sense. There's a small part of me that believes if you do do Roman and Cody, 
that Roman still goes over, right? Yeah. At WrestleMania. Yeah. But the story that makes sense to me is Roman and the bloodline crumbling from within. And the only person that that makes sense to do that with now, if you continue on this trajectory, is probably Sammy. A Sammy victory over Roman Reigns might fucking dwarf Yeslemania. Like, it might dwarf Kofi Mania. Like, it might be bigger than all of those things. Just given the championship reigns, the stories being told, the person that would involve, like, the real ultimate underdog, like, that can be the thing that people talk about for the next 10, 15 years as one of the greatest WrestleMania moments ever. If that guy becomes the person who ends this historically long championship reign. It's pretty incredible if you look back that a year ago we're talking about how does Roman Reigns keep, like how does he walk out of WrestleMania with both belts, right? And like, what is the possible path forward? And now we're like, now it's the, we're talking about his reign like it's the Undertaker streak. Like who gets the honor of dethroning <laughs> yeah. him? Who has earned yeah. this this opportunity? Well, we gotta, we gotta move on. But you asked Kaz, is the guy that can carry your, your, your company into the future already right there on your roster? And I think, you know, the answer is right there in front of you. Austin Theory is on the roster. He will be <laughs> carrying the company going forward. Your new U.S. champion, Austin Theory, uh, won in a really, I thought, a really entertaining triple threat match um, with, uh, with, with Big Bob and, and Seth Rollins. Um, I, I thought that these three had really good chemistry. I, I am... Uh, you know, we probably don't need to relitigate the entire Austin Theory uh, argument here. Although it's notable that Triple H did make a sarcastic comment about his how his career was over a couple weeks ago during the post uh, <laughs> post event press conference. This was obviously the plan, and it was you know it was or I don't know if it was the plan, but it was certainly you know this is the story they're they're going to keep telling. I don't know how much we can spin this one for, but but this this looks like a pretty traditional setup for Seth Rollins to to move on to bigger and better things. But I don't know what the bigger and better things are now that we're trying to make the U.S. title, you know, the 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 biggest the biggest gym on Monday Night Raw. But I thought these those three guys had, did a did a, a really bang up job, and it was it was oh it was a really perfect ending. And a great way to put Austin Theory in the driver's seat for this division. What, what did you guys think of that match? Dave, it was one insane ring to ringside table spot from it being in my like greatest triple threat matches ever. Mm-hmm. Like as I was watching it, I kept I can't I couldn't stop thinking about uh Cena, Lesnar, Rollins, Royal Rumble triple threat match, sort of the same sort of yeah composition of a match you got a big bruiser you got a guy who's a little bit more fundamental in theory who's your cena and you got rollins who might be like your king of the triple threat matches now just because he's a mixture of all that shit he can mm-hmm. be strong he can be hardcore he can fly he can be technical he can literally glue all these pieces together yeah, he and can make fill in the in- gaps really well especially for a wrestler of his stature he fill in he fills in the gaps incredibly well for any triple threat match right that being said I think it was an incredibly slick move to get the 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 Austin Theory rehabilitation program uh, on the right track that we all that I kind of saw from jump when uh, you know he, he kind of failed on this money in the bank cashing. I don't necessarily think that this is um, uh, over between Seth and Austin Theory though. I think they're gonna have a, gonna dance a little bit more uh, before the year is over. Uh, especially I think now. You make the case for a one-on-one match for the for the United States Championship that truly 
elevates Austin Theory and solidifies mm -hmm. him as a guy who is a major player. You know, um, he is. Uh, I, I I I keep reposting the Kobe Bryant comparisons <laughs> because that's what I see in him. You know, like I you see that he was kind of young and kind of given everything pretty quickly, and he mm -hmm. kind of fell on his face like Kobe did, you know, um, early in his career. And it's the best thing that could have happened to him. And just like I think him having, quote, unquote, the worst money in the bank cashing of all time was yeah. kind of the best thing that's happened to sure. Austin Theory. And now, you know, they spent all these months really legitimizing that the United States title is the main title of Monday Night Raw. And now you're de facto saying Austin Theory is the most important person on Monday Night Raw. Because yeah. now he's not he's not tied to a he's not tied to a briefcase he's not hunting nobody he's the hunted again and yeah. on top of that he's a lot more sure of himself than he was being a Vince McMahon lackey doing selfies doing all that type of shit like now we can kind of see what the trajectory is truly for him going forward. You mentioned the big spots. I was so impressed with his just freaky athleticism. I'm not sure that he couldn't do a somersault like from the floor into the ring over the top rope. Like he's <laughs> like he that he was doing wild jumpy stuff but in, in the ring and and well, everybody knows that I'm one of the longest standing Austin Theory fans around. So I don't need to say any more. <laughs> Phil, you have anything you have any, too, you have any right? notes like, on I you have any notes really, on that match? I really like Lashley. They always I, come around, guys. They always come around. Lashley, I really like Lashley, and I thought he was really, really good. I, I mean, I, he's a guy I was mm -hmm. to a really long time. If you think mm -hmm. about him, what I don't remember what year he headlined WrestleMania uh, against Umaga with Donald Trump's hair on the line. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he went for all. I mean, then he was like gone for years and years and years in TNA and just kind of out of wrestling. And he's kind of mm -hmm. come back and and really, I think figured himself out and is just, you know, one of those guys now is going to be top of, you can mix in the upper and then top of the card for the rest of his career. And I, I think that would be sort of a, when, when, if people were, and, and maybe even me, uh, poo-pooing Austin theories, future. you got to remember like, yeah, look, sometimes it isn't, sometimes, you know, He's still so young that it, it's a while before you can become like a Bobby Lashley level guy. I do think he needs some, I don't think he's got a, he was doing a very specific thing for a long time, right? Since mm -hmm. he sort of showed up and now he, I don't know if he knows what he's, his character is. So I think that's the next step for him. The I'm yeah. taking things serious guy. Well, and I think it goes I mean, to the cash in. I mean, sometimes the turn of events matters less than the opportunity that presents, right? I mean, it's the it's the opportunity to evolve. And I think that he's still in that process. And frankly, I think that we that that you know, it seems like they're proceeding with confidence right now. So I'm I'm excited to see where that character goes. The women's war game match we talked war games match we talked about a little bit earlier. Talking about big spots, we had multiple off the top of the cage moments in this one. Obviously, the big finish was. Becky Lynch hitting the double leg drop through a double opponents through double tables. I thought she had a really good showing in her first match back. Both she and Kevin Owens, who were question marks, you know, in terms of at least from a fan's point of view about how they were going to be able to go, I thought showed showed up really well um, on Saturday night. The women's match, obviously, the the baby faces uh, one one. This it, it does seem like you know we kind of have Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch both atop the women's division. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. What was your take on that match, Phil? 
it was okay. I mean, it was really much. It was really here comes the kendo sticks, and I'm, I, I, I think <laughs> they, and I think at just some point they need to either do that less or figure out a different way to work WWE brawls because I, mm-hmm. it, I think at some point it's just like okay. Here they're going under the ring. Here comes the kendo sticks. Here we're throwing in the chairs. It just feels, it felt like, I didn't think there was a ton to distinguish this from what this match would have been if you just worked a street fight or worked the last woman standing as far as the work goes. I really liked a lot of the individual performances. I thought Rhea Ripley was really great. I, I do think that she's established herself now with this Judgment Day run as one of the absolute upper tier of the women's division, right? I think it's her, it's it's Bianca, it's Ronda for now. Yeah, Rhea Ripley needed this run in Judgment Day just to sort of like, you know, give her a little reset. Sometimes you just need to take a little time out without taking a time out and, and reestablish it so people aren't just thinking about the things that you did or didn't do in the past, you know, and it, it, this is about moving forward. I thought just about everybody had a good showing in this match. All of Damage Control, I thought, worked super well together during the match, and I, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with them next because... You know, the ceiling floor there is there's a big gap, right? I mean, that you Bailey could be headlining night one of WrestleMania as as you know, sure as anybody else, but there's also a this is a pretty short lived heel faction, and now they lost the big match, and they I mean they might not be together in two weeks. We just don't know. I mean, I don't think either of those ends of the spectrum are going to be the truth. They're going to be the reality, but um, it'll it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, I love the green mist spot. Always love uh, always love a mist spot. Um, not a missed spot. I guess M I S T, not M I S S E D. I agree. I thought that was really fun. I loved Rhea Ripley. I thought that she was she, like she was obviously not like booked to be the star of the match, but was certainly one of, if not the stars of the match. And I mean, one of the coolest wrestling things of the weekend was the the visit to the Mysterious House for Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, oh yeah. my gosh! Oh my gosh! One God. of the most viral things WWE's done. Uh, There's uh, nothing like. Uh, yo, the video did seven me, million views. In 24 yeah. hours. That's bad bunny numbers. That's how crazy uh, that video was. Kaz um, was early on Austin Theory. I want to say I was pretty early on Dominic. You can go back to, there's columns I've written as like, yo. when they were still attacking, it was like, okay, now it's Dominic's time. They're going to do this turn and Dominic is going to either stink or swim. And you got to give it up. The guy's swimming. I mean, he's got... He's quietly the biggest heel in the company right now, right? Oh, like, for sure. <laughs> he's got Eddie's blood running through his face. Don't forget what about you, that. That's like, a, you know, he's not, you know, that's a, who's, his, who's his biological father? We don't know right. what biological well, father is. That makes sense. The uh, Ray answering the door in his mask was one of my favorite parts of that video and maybe of just wrestling over the past couple of months. Well, no, it's it was been, even cooler than that because you can see the way they did it was like the wife answers the door. She goes, why are you, why are there cameras here? And then Ray goes and gets his mask. Yeah. It's not like he's eating Thanksgiving dinner with his mask on, but he's, right. there. he's not going to show up on a camera without yeah. his mask. You're right. So he's like kind of putting it on like, oh shit. No, I know. It's, this it's, is my it's by the door Really mask. well done. Even down to them blurring out his face in his wedding photos, like in the, in the background and shit. Oh, I was so like, great. They, this, this was fantastic. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. We got to keep trucking. The Judgment Day, Dominic Mysterio has been discussed. He was at ringside for his cohort, Finn Balor's match against AJ Styles, which was, despite the presence of of the rest of the Judgment Day and uh, the club, uh, Gallows and Anderson, um, a pretty straightforward match, a little bit more of a straightforward, straight-up match than than I expected. And, and frankly, uh, I think it really benefited from it. Those two, obviously, Finn and AJ have good chemistry. They're both just, like, exceptional workers. And... Um, you know, this is in some ways sort of the lowest wattage match on the card. Your mileage may vary on Ronda Rousey's title defense. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but, but, um, I thought. I mean, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know. I was. I think the thing that I was left with was that it ended with a phenomenal forearm, and I was, and I was sort of shocked to see that as the big finish. But I can't say that I dislike it in in the abstract. What, what, what did you think, Kaz? I was, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, like I, I keep thinking. You know, Finn Balor needs big wins, but I guess somebody laid out a stat. AJ Styles hadn't won a singles pay-per-view match or a premium live event match since 2019, and it was at Crown Jewel. I was like, is that a real stat? I was like, yeah. Like, like he just doesn't get these big show wins. Not big show Paul White, but big, like, <laughs> premium live event wins cleanly like that, too. Um it was it was a good it was a good match. No, nothing I could say bad about it. Nothing I could say that was like oh my gosh, go and watch this and you know uh, go out of your way to to check it out. But I mean, it's AJ Styles and it's Finn Balor. And me personally, as much as I was pleasantly uh, surprised that AJ Styles won, I do believe Finn Balor kind of needed to win more. I still think there's more uh, rehabilitation that's kind of needed to be done with him as mm-hmm. a serious sort of uh, top-level competitor. Um, I didn't think AJ Styles necessarily needed the win, to be honest. I think Finn needed it more than he did. I don't know if it's the rumors that he's that, that Finn is due for a big push next year are true. I mean, it was just one of those little inklings that a lot of people, myself included, have sort of glommed onto. But it does sort of like, even if it's not true, and WWE Conspiracy Theory Corner if WWE just put that rumor out there, it does sort of like pre-inoculate him from eating a loss, right? If like if everybody's just like, well, yeah, but he's gonna get that big push next year, then you it doesn't. It, that's what I'm thinking. Doesn't bother me as much. Phil, what do you think about this match? Yeah, I think both guys are established enough. You know that it doesn't really matter that one beats the other either way, right? Like I don't think you're gonna at that point, AJ. Their their resumes are big enough that if AJ Styles won this match or Finn Balor won this match or they had a Schmaz finish where everybody started balling in the ring. Either way, it was good. I was pretty good. I mean, the, the generally the last handful of premium live events, 
I've left with like their one match that completely had me buzzing. And I was just like, oh man, this was, this was it. And I don't think this one really had that in the ring for me. We didn't talk about Ronda Rousey. This is not a match I was particularly looking forward to. Uh, I was frankly surprised they gave Shotzi the platform that they did. Not that she doesn't deserve it, but you know, guys, I saw some people on the way out the door saying, well, they've successfully like ruined the, the, the Ronda Rousey mystique. Like it's like, you know what? She's just another wrestler now. Do you, do you feel like is this, is, is the, have, should they have done better by Ronda Rousey? Do we think she's still going to be able to be booked up for WrestleMania as a, as a super duper star? Like, I don't know that this match really speaks to anything except just sort of where we are with Ronda Rousey right now. What do you think, Kaz? Um, it's weird with Ronda, right? Like I, I, that wasn't a match I was really looking forward to. And it wasn't really a match that I particularly enjoyed. I think we all and not just not I'm not saying we as in this podcast but I think just wrestling fans in general need to truly appreciate people like Charlotte Flair and like what she really meant to someone like Ronda Rousey like Becky Lynch what she really meant to Ronda Rousey Sasha obviously Ronda was a huge name and I think it definitely helped her that she isn't being used as a special attraction, you know, Brock Lesnar type. You only see her uh -huh. on the pay-per-views type or whatever. Because I did think she needed this run. I think she needed this run to kind of establish herself as... Like, I think she honestly did need to be one of the girls, you know? Like, I think she needed to be somebody who was defending the championship as much as she could, being on TV as yeah. much as she could. I, I don't know. think she would have... I think she'd be getting booed if she weren't. So, yeah, yeah I, I like agree. they, she needed... They trusted Ronda Rousey with carrying the SmackDown Women's Division in the absence of two of the biggest women's wrestling stars of all time and Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair, right? And mm -hmm. it's a hard thing to do. Like, it's she doesn't really have the dance partners that those two had because they really had each other. And Ronda's working with, you know, no offense to Shotzi. Shotzi's a, 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 a phenomenal... Uh, I, I like her. I like the tank. I like the energy. I like... I see the, I see the vision with Shotzi. But, you know, she's not... Nobody's necessarily, like banging the walls down to like watch her have a, a 10 15 well, minute match you know um, ronda's ronda doesn't have you know does, yeah doesn't necessarily have the dance partners and isn't necessarily the kind of wrestler that could just make something magical out of thin air i i, what, what disagree, say, I disagree with i mean i think it was a big mistake to have her on tv every week and i really 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 liked her first run i thought she, i was she was one of the people i was I thought her first run was great yeah incredible and this run is stunk and for the most part Outside of you know like the that one uh, street fight which was kind of good, mm -hmm. but outside of that it's been pretty bad and uh, and I think exposed and she does been doing no favors by working ten minute uh, pay per view matches with Shotzi. How much she do you should, attribute she that? Should be if you're gonna do this, she should this should be a two minute match where she breaks her arm. Yeah, but how many times can you do that? I mean, it's it, that that's that is the Ronda Rousey problem, and we will return to the Ronda Rousey problem. I'm sure in coming weeks we got to run. Before we do, Phil, do you want to tell us what your three matches of the week were? Yeah, sure. Jericho Ishii, which I thought was just a completely bizarre, weird thing to have happened on TV that they just started mm -hmm. in the middle of a. I mean, that's the cool one of the cool things about AEW. One of the things I wrote about is like they just kind of sometimes will do some shit, right? They'll go. Jericho <laughs> yeah. will say, "You know what would be cool is if we brought Ishii. You flew Ishii over from Japan and you let him chop my chest bloody on TV, and we do the whole thing about how I used to have him be my." Uh, uh, my young boy, my shoulders yeah. when he was in the war dojo twenty years ago, and mm -hmm. uh, and then Tony God's like, 
yeah, sure, I'll send him a play ticket. It sounds like a great idea. And then they have this awesome match where Jericho, who is a complete nut at 50 years old, for in saying that, okay, I actually just want to go ahead and do an Ishii match. And yeah. I don't want to work. I'm not going to work a Jericho match. You'd have every right to have, if, have work a Jericho match. He's the name. He's not like Ishii's the guy who anybody's, you know, checking Jericho's the biggest, you know, one of the two or three biggest stars in AW. He's like, nah, we're just going to do your thing. And I'm going to have you uh, beat me to a, a bloody pulp. I wrote in my column. It's the year of the bruise. That's what 2022 is, right? You got you got Cody, you got Sheamus, oh, you got great. Jericho. The year of the bruise, man. He opened it. So that was, I just thought, what a weird thing. What a cool match. What a thing that's only AEW would do. And uh, I thought that was great. I wrote up the War Games match, which we talked a lot about today, the Bloodline War Games match, mainly just for the perfect uh, way they pulled off the Sammy thing rather than anything mm-hmm. that happened necessarily in the ring. And then I, uh, you know, got a little weird as I always do and did a, a three-way from AIW, which is a Cleveland independent promotion that's been around forever and has had a lot of really, you know, great wrestlers go through it. Gargano started there and they ran in uh, a three-way for their um, abs, for their uh, intense title, which is kind of their hardcore title that was about as good in ECW plunder brawl as you ever see between three guys i don't think any of you guys have ever heard of any of them but uh derek dillinger uh uh, matthew justice and kaplan and they kind of the match was set up it felt like in the back they said you know guys we need a new entrance ramp this entrance ramp is pretty getting pretty old and pretty rotty hey you guys destroy the entrance ramp with your body (laughs) and the match at one point kaplan who's a big guy probably 300 pounds does a a flip sent on off the top of the rope, trying to land on people, the entrance ramp and cuts and bangs a hole in it with like his tailbone. And then Matthew justice uh, takes Derek Dillinger and death Valley drivers him through the entrance ramp, creating this giant hole. And it's like, in the WWE, you see stuff like that. There's like a crash pad and a stunt coordinator. Yeah. And this is just clearly like, no, this, this part of the ramp is getting a little warm. Check out Phil's piece. It'll be up by the time you're listening to this on the ringer.com. Um, we got a roll, Kaz. You want to get your plugs in on the way out the door? Yeah, catch me on MSG Networks all week long. FanDuel inside the lines, MSG PM, MSG BetCast. I'll be calling Knicks games, Rangers games, all that type of stuff. Uh, you catch me on my podcast, Say Less with Kaz, Lokey, and Rosie. We took a little time off for a little bit, uh, but we are back this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe, youtube.com slash Kazima, wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said in the beginning of the show, uh, rest in peace, Hovain Hilton. You're a legend. Um, we'll never forget you. And uh, New York City, uh, we lost a great one this weekend, man. Uh, we're all really hurting, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue and be strong, man. Rest in peace, Jovain Hilton. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box. You can find me on the Book of Wrestling, and you'll be finding the Mask Man Show with Kaz here every Monday and Thursday going forward. The Ring of Wrestling Show's got a whole new schedule. Formal announcement forthcoming. Thanks as always to beautiful Brian Waters our intrepid producer on this Monday show. Apologies as always to John Moxley. Bon voyage. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids.